Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. And welcome to the Joy Superpower series in which we explore special powers each and every one of us can cultivate in order to navigate these turbulent times in which we live. I'm Andrew Cannon, and I have to say today I've got a bit of a sore throat, which is why my voice is maybe different from earlier podcasts, but we're going to battle on, and today I'm going to battle on with Ian Worthington about the joy superpower of fitness and wellness, and we're going to take a deeper look at the role of going to the gym can play. Ian is owner of Gym Wolf PT, and he and his team there help overworked, overweight, overstressed people to enhance their lives by feeling fit, healthy, energized, and loving life on a daily basis without a standard one-fits-all approach of unfeasible gym workouts and starvation-style eating and drinking that many of us may be familiar with. So welcome to the show, Ian. Thanks, Andrew. That's a great introduction. And it's, it's brilliant to be here. Thanks very much. Yeah, you're more than welcome. You're welcome. So let's kick off, you know, a bit about you and getting to know your perspective a little bit better. So can you please tell a bit about your own journey with fitness? Um, yes. Yeah, so my journey um, is probably a, quite different from a lot of fitness professionals in that um, I've only actually become, well, it been my business since 2017. Having said that, I have trained in gyms pretty much nonstop since I was 15 year old, so over 30 years. But um, my route was basically I had um, I was in the corporate world for 23 years at a company. Started uh, as a lab technician, moved up to lab manager, become production manager for the whole company. Um, I was doing a lot of training throughout that. I mean, gym five six times a week. It's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, just got really embedded in the corporate world and, and I was doing well, but mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> but I go. didn't realise I didn't enjoy it. I thought I was ambitious and I'm just climbing the ladder, but I didn't realise I was on the long, wrong ladder. Um, and about seven years ago, it just hit me during one meeting while I was in uh, work. This isn't what I want to do. I was looking at the MD at the time and thinking he must be my role model of what mm. I want to be, where I want to get to. And I thought, I knew what I earned, so I, I would have been happy with his money, <laughs> but I didn't want to be where he was. And that night I came home and I thought, what is it that I love? What am I joyful about in life? And it just kept coming back, fitness. Fitness is what I do. Right, right. My family and everything like that, I'm joyful for. But fitness is my hobby. It's, it's what I like doing. It's what I know makes me feel good. I know when I'm feeling down, that's what yep. brings me up. So... I thought that's got to be, that's got to be what I become, what that's got to be my vision, something to do with fitness. And from that, um, that's where Jim Wolf PT was initially born. Obviously, um, I, I had two kids at the time. I've got three kids now. I'm married. I got a mortgage. I couldn't just quit mm-hmm. on the spot. Although when, the, when it arised to me, that vision, I wanted to just go, right, that's it. I quit my job and I work on Jim Wolf, but it doesn't work like that life. So, <laughs> I sort of built it on the side for a number of years, um, built up a following on social media, did some work on, on, on the online side, creating a website, all that. Yep, and yep. in 2018, I got to the position where I could say, right, that's it. I'm going to work on Jim Wolf PT full time. 
wow. fitness is going to be not just a, a, a minor part of my life, it's going to be a massive part of my life. Well, and thank you, Ian. We yeah, thank you for sharing. It's so inspiring because, you know, today many people are in that position of reconsidering what they want to do with their lives. And it's not what we're really talking about today, but I still want to say that the encouragement that your story can give to people to say, you don't have to jump off the cliff necessarily. You can if you do, and I've talked to people who have done that, and that's great, but not everybody is in that position where they can or want to jump from the cliff. So to make that choice that you can do it in stages, right? You can transition slowly from one career into the other. It's a very inspirational story. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem at all. Great. So how do you see the relationship between fitness and joy? You mentioned joy quite a few times in your brief introduction then. So to please tell me how you see the relationship between these two things. Well, it's, I see it as a short-term and long-term. In the short-term, don't get me wrong, um, train early mornings because that's what works for me. Going doing a really hard leg day, at that time, I would probably call it joyful. <laughs> right. But I look at the long-term, and I know that after doing that and after you know, I train week in, week out, I know what it brings to my life, and that's the joy. It's not mm. the short-term. And sometimes, yeah, the adrenaline boost and all that, but it's looking at that bigger picture and, and absolutely for my happiness, my mental health, how I am with other people, having not just a, a healthy lifestyle, but actually exercising as well is, is massive, is massive for me. And some people, you mean, I've got to the stage where I do really look forward to training. Like I said, some days are harder than others, but I do look forward. And I know some people don't do that. Uh, don't actually feel that at any point that they actually enjoy the training but that doesn't mean there's lots of there's lots of other benefits to go around that so um yeah exercise fitness and joy they're all wrapped into one to me for me excellent excellent and unfortunately you know so many people don't have enough physical activity one of the alarming statistics we found that was 80% 80% of the world's adolescent population is insufficiently physically active. And it's like, it's quite alarming, right? So what should we be doing? What are some of the things we should be taking as the first steps to changing this? Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that there are statistics. Um, yeah, they upset me, but I'm not surprised. Mm. Technology, um, there's been things with technology, like what we're doing now. We can have <laughs> do a podcast from right. different parts of the world. I mean, the kids can, well, everyone can connect on the internet. So there is some great stuff. So I'm not anti-technology. Mm. I do worry about are using things like TikTok, where there's just a continuous loop of information or entertainment taking over the mind, and there's no end to it. I, mean, I don't go on TikTok much, but when I've been on it, it just seems to be, you're bombarded by one thing after the other. And for a child and an adult alike, it can be hard to break off from that. So physical exercise and stuff can take a back seat when, mm. <laughs> when you've got something in front of you just because giving you this dopamine hit straight away, bang, bang, bang. Fitness, it doesn't appeal the same. So it's about I mean, education and, and getting people into a routine. I mean, people who try exercise once or twice probably won't get that feel for it. 
it's about building it up and building up a regular routine. And, and obviously children, less and less, I expect it. I know it is in my country. I expect it is where you are as well, Andrew. Kids used to be out when I when we was younger. Well, when I was younger, we used to be out on the on the streets playing football on fields, out and that. And you just don't see it as much now. There's a lot more clubs and activities for kids to do, but actually, kids going out and playing, it seems to be less and less. There's more of them seem to be stuck in a, in the bedrooms playing on right. Xbox or looking at the phone. Mm. So anything we can do to not eliminate that, I think there's. <laughs> It's about having a good balance, isn't it? It's not about not letting them ever go on the Xbox, not letting them ever go on the phone and TikTok, but get that balance. If it balance, it's a lovely phone, word, isn't it? It's a yeah. lovely word to think about. And I think, I think in your approach, I really like that, that you talk a lot about it, it's not about these sort of really strict um, regimes. It's about being kind to yourself while you're, yeah. while you're doing this. Absolutely, yeah. It, it is about balance, and, and, and people rebel, don't they? If you, if you eliminate things completely, often people rebel and want to do more of it. So I think it's about striking that balance for exercise or activity. I call it exercise. When I say exercise, it doesn't have to be going to a gym, lifting weights mm. on a treadmill. It doesn't have to be that. It can be out going out for a walk with your friends, going out for playing some sports. But getting that balance is important where there is physical activity, not just the mm. mind. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's two things, right? You said one thing is that at some level to expect there's a little bit of short-term pain for a long-term gain. But at the other level, if you can find the form of exercise or physical activity that you find the most fun, go for that. Because right? totally. if it's fun in the totally. moment, you're going to be much more committed to it. Yeah, yeah. This is an approach I have with clients. I mean, I see some coaches, and don't get me wrong, I think they're coming from the right angle in their sense, but you see some coaches and they'll say, you've got to do this exercise. Mm. It's so important. You've got to do this. And the person might be saying, but I hate that exercise. I absolutely detest. I like lots of other exercises, mm, but I don't one. like that. And the coach, oh, this is the one you have to do. That's where, I, unless you're an elite athlete or something mm. like that, or going, I, mean, I don't agree that with that, that that's the case. No, that, that's really important, right? Because there are lots of alternatives, right? There are lots of alternatives. Of you know, if you're looking to do core, core training, for example, you don't yeah, have to do yeah. crunches necessarily. Yeah. And I think sometimes, I'm not saying on every occasion, it can be laziness on the part of the courts where he's just wants, or he or she, right, that's my plan. There's the perfect plan. Mm. you can't do that and if anyone questions it no that's the plan let's leave that but we're all individuals we're all yeah. <laughs> we all like different things and uh, by giving it a bit more thought you can come up with things that work for the person both they enjoy it and it works for them great that's fantastic just a little bit about nutrition um because we, we are what we eat is is something um i've heard um quite a few times and Again, I think there's programs out there which, you know, are forcing you to, you know, never eat sugar. Um, and is that your approach or do you see the approach to nutrition when it comes to fitness as different well, nutrition as well? Obviously, obviously plays a massive part. There's no getting away from that. You know, you hear some people say 80% nutrition, 20% training. My approach is... It all depends on your goals. So if someone comes to me, you I mean I have a 
wide array of clients across the UK and across the world. And they all have their own goals. So it massively depends on the goal. So if I have someone comes to me and says, Ian, I've got six weeks and I have to, and I'm going to be up on stage for a, a physique competition or I'm going to be playing in some major sporting event, then the plan that we create both physically and on the nutrition side it's going to be pretty strict. There's not going to be like, well, yeah, you can go out and have 10 beers at weekend. You can have this cheat meal, a cheat day or whatever. It's yeah. not going to be like that. But then on the flip side, and I will say the majority of the people who come to me say, look, Ian, I'm at this stage in my life. My ultimate aim is to lose some weight, to feel better in myself, to feel energized, to, to whatever that goal is, but it's quite, not big, but it, it's not, extreme to the level that I've just talked having um a night out sometime having a cheap meal or a cheap day not the end of the world and it's actually can be quite good it's not about completely eliminating things because like I said before if you eliminate things for most people they'll rebel they'll do it for so long and then bang they come off you tell them not to eat sugar they might not eat sugar for five days seven days 31 days they might have a month without it and then that sugar will suddenly be, I'm being deprived, and yep. they just feast on it. Right. So it's about getting that balance. And mm. for most people, I say, look, it's about being disciplined, mindful, mindful 100% of the time, but disciplined 80% of the time, yep. and then maybe 20% of the time, a bit more relaxed. Have the things you like and that, but let's not go silly on that. Let's right. not let it <laughs> go to the stage where you have a cheap day and it goes into a second and third and fourth mm. day. That, that's yeah. the way I approach it with most people. But like I say, when I'm working with elite level athletes who have a very clear date, then yes. That's right. And that's not most of our listeners, I don't think, are in the elite athlete class. So for them, probably this 80% rule is going to be the one that they're going to say, yeah. yes, I can do that. I can... The 80% rule is probably... For 95% of the people. <laughs> right, right. I can keep myself honest with that. Um, I know maybe this is not your specialization as such, but when you work with so many people, how do you see in practice that link between exercise and improved mental health? Um, so I talked about from my own side, I, I see exercise as the very best stress reliever. When you're feeling stressed, it's probably not for most people that, wow, that's what I need to do, go and exercise. Mm. It's often the case of, right, I need to go and have a beer or I need right. to go and eat this or whatever. But it's, it, it, it is a great stress reliever for a number of different reasons, not, not only to do with hormones and everything. So I, you know, I mean, it's a massive part of, of the side of my programs is the, the, the mental health side and, with what's been going on in the world in the last two years, mm. and a lot of people have had a lot of hard times, including my clients. So my program it is tailored to the individual and they do get the support of me. It's not one of these one fits all, all automated mm. work people just, here's your workout plan, here's your nutrition plan, get on with it. I understand people have problems and that's why they can contact me at any point. I have my own client app and website and I, I, I contact them regularly. I put a lot mm. of motivational stuff out there, but I'm always there if they want to reach out. And if I think they're struggling, I'm going to reach out for them. 
Um, and that might be a case of, yeah, I might change things for them, or it might just be a little chat about mm. things to try and get them from that unmotivated to this is what I want to do. That's, um, fantastic. So that, that's where my programs, mm. uh, I think, are quite different from a, a lot of the things out there. Yeah, no, it takes into account that recognition um, of the individual and their, their ability to improve their mental health through this part, taking into account that it's not always easy. And sometimes they need a guide and some help yeah. in doing that. So yeah. that's fantastic. Well, we, so, we, we, yeah, we look for solutions. Not, I don't want to call them excuses, but everybody does have excuses, myself included. Mm. But we try and find that solution. So if something's not working, let's find something that is. You know, and it's not. I talked about coaches who say there's only one way. There's lots of ways. And we've got to find what it is the individual needs and wants and can do. And, and we 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 do that that's fantastic so let's narrow down to talk about the gym we talked about it's not obviously the only thing to do but today we're going to talk about the value of, of going to the gym and when we looked at the gym we came across this, this wonderful term called gym intimidation um so people being um, intimidated by the gym and they're nervous of the idea and, and thinking oh um it's a scary place so do you have any tips to help people get over gym anxiety yeah, I, I, I've been training gyms for probably, like I say, over 30 years. So I, I don't suffer from that now, but I probably probably did at the beginning. Just as when I go into other surroundings, I can be intimidated. And I think it's just human nature, anything new. But what people have to remember, and I know it, it is difficult, is the gym is the perfect place. If you're out of shape, the gym is the perfect place for you. It's not the place for people who are in great shape. No doubt they, they, they should still go there because they want to maintain mm. that. But gym is there for people wanting to better themselves. And I do find a lot of people sometimes will go in and say, oh, people are looking at me, people are in, and they'll overthink and create this. Don't overthink it. That's the key thing. Um, other tips, go in with a plan. Obviously, as a personal trainer, I'm big on plans. Mm. You've got to go in there knowing what you're going to do. But as a beginner or someone who's not been before, I'm not talking about some crazily complex plan. It might just be, look, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go and do a warm-up, a very basic warm-up. I'm going to do 10, 15 minutes walking on a treadmill. And then I'm going to go on this machine and this machine, which I know how to use. That might be the initial plan. And then I'm going to do a cool down. So it doesn't have to be... Like I say, there's so many different complex plans. You, you go on the internet and there's people telling you, oh, yeah, you have to train this way. They say, no, at first, I always have a plan, but a plan that works for you. And then you'll move on. Naturally, you'll move on in time. You'll start to get more confident. So, yeah, having a plan is important. Um, if you are new to going to a gym, going with a friend or a family mm -hmm. member is always a good start if, if that's feasible. I know it's not always feasible, but if you can, obviously when you're with someone, at least you've got yeah. what your class as an ally. But what you will find in most gyms is people are pleased to see other people. They want to see people. Mm. This thought that people in gym are looking at, you might always get some idiot who might be a bit oh, down, what are they doing? But they're in the vast majority, minority. Yeah. Uh, most people like to see people bettering themselves. So, yeah, if you can go with a friend or family, that's another good tip. 
And then as a coach, I'm going to obviously say, <laughs> get a coach. Get a coach. If, you know, if it's feasible, if you can afford it, if you've got the time, mm. having a coach, even if it's just for a short period at the start, just to say, right, let's get a plan in place. Let's see you through your first few weeks or even month, yeah. and then you'll be all right to go on your own. Um, so, yeah, th- they'd be my initial tips for anyone who's nervous or has got this gym anxiety. So let's just repeat those. So we're thinking about going in with a plan, and that can be very a plan, simple. Yeah, no matter yeah. how basic. Yeah. Uh, family and friend is always a good thing, and then having a coach, if that is feasible, is one. But like I say, just remembering that a gym is there, a place for people to better themselves. Mm. Nobody, nobody. You can look at the fittest person in any gym, and they all started somewhere. They all right. went through that gym door on one day didn't they knowing mm. about it so um yeah yeah and my own experience tells me that you know as you say almost everybody doesn't care about anybody else at that point they are focused no. on their own program <laughs> they've got their headphones them. on right they're in their own little world nobody's looking at anybody in that way right they're saying oh this person shouldn't be here this person doesn't belong and if yeah. they do maybe they should go to another gym right and say yeah. okay that's this gym isn't for me so maybe try it out before you know putting a year's membership or whatever straight on the table to I assume yeah. a lot of places have these trial programs just try a month see if it suits you is it the right vibe can you make yeah, friends absolutely absolutely finding a gym that, that that works for you obviously is important as well yeah and and I would also say with that is having a, a, a going a little bit off track but having a gym that's convenient for you i see some people mm. like some man and they say oh there's this brilliant gym uh 30 miles away they've got a gym next door but this one's first mile, it's brilliant away uh, but they don't really like gym training at this point you know it's going to add an excuse at some point where oh it's 30 miles away you don't really want to go right there. especially with the cost of petrol today right um, yeah yeah <laughs> make if you can walk to your gym yeah that's probably what you want to do um yeah double win for doing that so that's that's really to make it easy as possible for yourself i think it's, yeah we're saying what about people who have started but slip right we're all human so do you have any sort of tips for how people can better stick to their routines so having a plan going back to that is important but also shaking that plan up so uh, i see some people and they go in the gym with a plan and then a year later they're still doing that plan. Although routine is great, just changing things around on a regular basis is important. As a coach, obviously, that's what I do for my clients. Yeah. Um, I'll usually look at anything between four to six weeks at a point where, right, we're going to change something. Ideally, we're going to step it up because we're mm-hmm. hoping we've made progress. But that's, I mean, people have different things happening in their life and sometimes we might just have to sidestep it or we might even have to regress it. But shaking it up is important because human beings do tend to get bored pretty quickly. So if right. yeah. off track or it's getting to the point of, I don't want to do this, mm. come in with a fresh approach, let's give them a new plan or that they can create their own new plan and just try some new stuff. So I like that. It's sort of, okay, we've got the plan, but we're not going to stick to it forever and it's not going to become a prison for us. We're going to regularly feel into... Is it doing this for me? Am I am I happy with this plan? Does it does it make me feel good? And if it doesn't, yeah, yeah. shake um, it up. Yeah. And what makes you happy at week one might not make you happy at week six, and that's when it's it's time to change. Um, so yeah, changing things up is 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 really important. Mm. Right? 
and then be patient that these changes can take time in your your results and not expect miracles um yeah yeah in the first week or whatever some people go and think miracle body in 20 days you know or six well, that, that, that's yeah that is unfortunately and and I, i'd spend a lot of time on this with individual come in and say right we're on week one i've done everything right we I've done seven days, I've done everything right, and I just don't see it. And unfortunately, the human body does not work like that. It doesn't just go right. It's not linear. The, the yeah. change could be, in a, it could happen the next day or it could happen in two weeks. But doing the right things are still doing the right things, mm. whether seeing the results at that moment or not. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, when they come onto my programs, I talk a lot about, obviously, I look where they are when they first start. A lot of people are very dehydrated. A lot of mm. people are very low on the protein intake. And when you make these changes, so say someone's not drinking, you know, they might be drinking two cups of small cups of water a day, and mm. then we suddenly say, right, let's get you on three liters of water a day. After a week, the body's suddenly getting a lot more water, and the, and if their goal is weight loss, they might mm. say, well, not lost there. I've even gained something. Right. It's all about following that process. It's not mm. a quick fix is consistency doing the right things over a certain length of time and hopefully building habits that you carry on at some level after that period of time yep so i'm going to ask you probably the most difficult question of the day because you've shared so many tips but if you had to just name three that you would like our guests to take away from our chat today what three would right. you you like to share so the first one um I mean, I've given tips and knowing and knowledge is great because it is I mean, without knowledge, I mean, but knowing stuff and not implementing it, mm. is, I wouldn't say worthless because you may, may implement it in the future, but taking action is, uh, the, I see so many people and the right, I'm going to get in, in shape, but I've just got to read this book. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do, and they, and they set up and they sort of, just put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. Mm. Learning more and more about when maybe it might just be okay. So get out for a walk to start with. Let's get this ball rolling. So yeah, knowledge without the action is no good whatsoever. Um, so that would be my tip. Another tip would be don't compete with others in the sense of the way we are in the world today. You can go on social media, you can go on any channel, you can go on YouTube. And it's bombarded with people doing amazing things or seemingly mm. amazing thing. And it's easy to feel, well, I'm at the beginning of my journey. Look what they're doing. I'm never going to get anywhere near them. Don't look at it like that. Look at it of, I'm here now. Where can I be tomorrow? Where can I be in a week's time? Where can I be in a month's time? Compare yourself to what you've been or what you are now and how you're going to grow from that because it, it, it can be demotivating to look around the world because you I mean depending where you look you can always find people doing things in certain areas a lot better than you although yeah. we don't know what other issues those people have so mm -hmm. yeah compare yourself to yourself and strive to be better than you were the day before so that would probably be my second tip and third tip with regard to fitness which is quite basic but I think it's really, really important because I see it so much with clients I take on and, and it, it's so easy to do is stay hydrated. 
so many people mm. in the world, I believe, are in a state of dehydration day in, day out. Some in a little bit of dehydration, some majorly dehydrated. And right. yet most places in the world, I won't say everywhere, but water's freely available. Mm. So drinking it, it has so many benefits, not just for the body, but <clears> for the mind, to prevent injuries, to how you function. So staying hydrated, in my opinion, is key. key. I think that's a big one. I think that's a big one that many people miss um and i've got my water bottle here now not doing a very good job but at least having that helps me to remember and shaking it and saying oh it's yeah. it's, it's still full and i've been sitting here for like for four hours uh, maybe yeah, i should yeah. take a sip from it so definitely a big help so thank you for sharing those tips um if you have people that you follow yourself um is there anybody who inspires you? You would suggest to people to follow in addition to you, obviously. Um, but who yeah, else? Should I've, they? I've been inspired by many, many people throughout my. I mean, I'm not a young chap now, so I've I've followed a lot of people. The beauty I've talked about a bit about the negative side of technology, but the beauty of it now is you can sort of become. You can have mentors from people anywhere in the world and you can go on YouTube and you can watch. You know, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. I've been to some of his conferences. Mm. So people like that really inspire me, not just from the mindset there, but they talk a lot about the health and thing. Someone personal to me um, is a guy called Jed Musto. Um, yeah, a, a guy from Wales who mm. I, I had um, a number of years back, myself and my brother created a website which was like a fitness challenge site. We, we sort of, well, we call it now uh, Fitness Facebook, but it was before Facebook. <laughs> so we didn't call it that back then. And sort of it was like leaderboards and anyone could create challenges. Uh, and this is like going back 15 years ago and people were posting videos and doing things from like how many press-ups can you do in a minute to full gym mm. workouts to really crazy extreme challenges. And we got in, we, we, we connected with a guy called Jed Mustor. So we're, we're in the, we're in England. He's in, in Wales and he's actually a, got a number of world best. He's a guy he's in his late fifties now, but he's got, um, he holds, he holds, he calls them world's best because it's not sponsored. It wasn't by Guinness, but he's done 2,480 press ups in an hour. Wow. Um, 2,960 sit-ups in an hour. And he's just a remarkable guy. He mm. really, really is. And I, and I talk to him quite regularly now. Um, yeah, we have some great conversations. He's someone who really inspired me. I've got to know about him and his story. Mm. They were like, someone who's achieved this, what's your background? Were you like super just amazing as a kid at sports and fitness and he wasn't he mm. wasn't he didn't win anything it was a mindset thing he watched an actual television program in the uk back in the late 1970s called superstars where mm. like footballers and 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 various different sports people competing against each other and on there was a guy called brian jacks who was a British uh, judo champion. I think he won world championships as well. And he used to win it. And his actual thing he was best at was um, dips, dipping mm, bar. Right. Um, right. And Jed watched him at about 11 years old and said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And he sort of dedicated the rest. Of it. He ended up going into the army and the SAS and 
lots of other things, but this is what drove him into mm. it. It's so inspiring. His story is amazing. He's got his own website, so if anyone wants to look at that, Jed yeah. Musto, I suggest you give him a follow. Yeah, thank you for that. No, I'm sure that sounds really inspirational. I think the bigger picture on that is to, you know, when you do find somebody, look a bit into their background and, and see maybe they weren't born like this superstar and they were just yeah, a normal yeah. person, right, as a kid, but they got some inspiration and you could maybe be inspired by their story um, to make those changes. Yeah. So that's all we got time for. Just one final quick question I always like to ask, and that's, Ian, what brings you joy? What brings me joy? Connecting with people like yourself, Andrew, that brings me joy. I've talked about the fitness side, that does. But on the other side, thank you, I mean, I'm family and friends. I've got three children aged four, 10 and 13 and, and a wife and, and spending time with them. That brings me a lot of joy. Well, that's wonderful. And thank you for, for saying that. That's really inspirational. So, and I want to thank our listeners, you know, for spending time listening to us today. That That's really valuable that they did that. Yeah. And I hope you've been inspired by what Ian's had to say. And if so, you can visit his web, website, jimwolfpt, that's all one word, .com. Um, and also on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, really searching for Jim Wolf PT. Again, in one word, you will come across Ian and what he's up to. Please follow and engage with him um, on social media um, because he's got so fantastic things to share and ways he can help you with your own fitness. So thank you very much, Ian, for coming on the show today. No, it's been great to be on. Thank you for having me on, Andrew. Yep. And thanks once again, our listeners. Um, if you don't already do so, please follow the Art and Science of Joy on social media. And we'd really like you to come and join the conversation and, and help us spread the joy. And in the meantime, um, thanks once again for listening. And I hope you tune in for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy. Until then, stay well, stay joyful and stay fit. <laughs>